Good evening and welcome to Howard's Horse Handicapping YouTube channel. This is Howard Kravitz. Please make sure you subscribe down below if you enjoy what you're watching. We're going to be doing some great handicapping of mainly pick fours and pick fives throughout the country in Florida, California, and New York with emphasis on major stake races. Hello and welcome to episode 221 of the HHH Racing Podcast. It is our two-year anniversary. Big round of applause for everyone out there, our fans, our hosts, our viewers, our listeners, our special guests. I am so humble and proud to be your host, Howard Kravitz, for this two-year anniversary episode 221 of the HHH Racing Podcast. Hope you enjoyed our new montage opening. A big thanks to Kyle Roscoe, who helped me greatly with that new opening. We spent a long time on it. I have to say, I almost shed a tear watching it. And I'll tell you what, talk about humble beginnings. That guy who started episode one had absolutely no idea what he was doing. I had no knowledge of the tech or anything at all. Coincidentally, that very first episode, I gave out a $64 caveman pick four at Gulfstream on a Thursday night, January 19th, 2021. And it scored, it paid for $440. And then soon after that was the inaugural Saudi Cup. And I tipped out a horse on top called Mishrif, who went off at 19 to 1, and he won, and I'm like, hey, this podcast thing is easy. Uh, many, many great scores later and horrible picks and bad beats. We are here. Thank you so much for everyone out there. It means the world to me. Uh, we're going to have a great show tonight. As I said on the banner, the journey continues. Please make sure you subscribe on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. After you do that, smash that like button. Let's hit that thumbs button. Let's get over 100 likes on tonight's show, and please make sure you hit the notification bell so you, knew, you know when new content will arise. Of course, on the bottom there is my Twitter handle, at hkravitz, and uh, scrolling to the bottom of the screen, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. I'm going to be very quick with the promos tonight. All the promotions are below the video player. We've got power picks. If you're not familiar 
with the show. And whether you have been with us for two years or whether you just joined the show, welcome again. Please check out those power picks. They're only four bucks a weekend. Very profitable. Of course, you can listen to us also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. And our fantastic co-host Pete Visco has much to do, if not all to do, with the fantastic website we have, hhhracingpodcast.com. We've got a lot of comments already. Let's bring them up right now before I bring on my uh, co-hosts. Ralph Conti is here. Time for another great show. Thanks, Ralph. You've been a supporter a long time. Jim Pilars. Jim Pilars, man. I got to tell you, Jim Pilars, one of our very first people on the show as just a fan. We had Jim, if you remember, we had those horrible <laughs> Zoom call uh, shows where I had absolutely no clue as to what I was doing. But Jim, congratulations on the two-year anniversary, Howard. I remember that first Zoom episode. There you go. Proud to be there on day one and looking forward to being there with you for years to come. Thanks, Jim. Really appreciate that. Uh, Steve Pogel, spend a few days in the hospital this week. Sorry, Steve. But I'm fine. I'm on Lasix now. Beautiful. Lasix on for Steve. Looking to handicap. First time Lasix. That's got to be a great angle. Gemini 3. Gemini, you've been with us for a long time. Great accomplishment. Really appreciate that, uh, Gemini. Ralph, new look to start the show. I like it better than the old one. Ralph, so do I. I think we all do. And finally, from Sean Kane. Sean, congratulations. Uh, let's do one more here uh, from our great friend, uh, Thomas Spinoza. Happy two-year anniversary. Warriors playing the Celtics, but I got to be here for the HHH show. Tom, that's, wow. Big commitment from Tom Espinoza. Tom, uh, greatly appreciate it. And we'll actually end with Kyle Roscoe. Kyle, thanks, buddy. Happy two years. So happy you're part of it. Uh, have a great show. Thanks, Kyle. Uh, this show changed a lot uh, in May of this year, of this actually last year, when I made one of the best decisions of this podcast, for sure, to bring on two fantastic uh, co-hosts who were viewers of the show at first, and now they've been co-hosts and doing it for a long time. So let's bring on my two fantastic co-hosts. First, from the great state of Maryland, Mr. Pete Visco, and a award-winning journalist from the Saratoga Special and the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, Mr. Paul Halloran. Guys, thank you so much for being here tonight. Two years, guys. Can you believe it? Happy anniversary, fellas. Absolutely. And I agree with you. I agree that that was one of the best decisions you ever made. Well, hey, hey, hey Paul, that. did you, Paul, did you notice that he didn't put up Ralph's comment about adding? Yes, I did. I did. To get us over the yeah. You noticed that one just sort of went by yeah. the wayside. Not, no, I noticed Pete. <laughs> just... <laughs> Guys, real quick for people, we have a ton of people watching. Thank you so much for watching everyone tonight. And I, I sort of, <clears throat> I didn't bury the lead. The lead is the two-year anniversary, but we are going to bring on Kevin Kilroy, who is the uh, simulcast analyst. Uh, for fairgrounds, does a great job. So we're going to deep dive into the late pick five and also one other race, actually, the race before that, which is a really nice allowance race. Kevin Kilroy, sir, they have a huge day of stake races on Saturday at the fairgrounds. We're going to talk about that. But before we bring on Kevin, Pete and Paul, we have some new people watching probably tonight, and people might not know the whole story. Very quickly, Paul, I think I contacted you first, and I believe it was a phone call, or somehow we got in touch with each other. But you were uh, you you've been watching the show uh, almost from the very beginning. 
So the credit has to go to uh, my good friend, Dr. Jeff Mora in uh, Boca Raton, whom I will be visiting two weeks from tonight, starting, I would like to say publicly. Um, and he pointed out to me, I think he had communicated with you. He was watching and he said, geez, I came upon this, uh, this good racing podcast. You know, I think the guy is looking for some help getting the word out and marketing. And so that's when you and I had that uh, lengthy conversation about, you know, how I could help you. And, you know, that was probably in April of 2020. So I was about two months, you were about two months in. Yeah, no, 2021, 2021. It was very early. It was right before, just commensally right before COVID, I believe that would be right. So we're going to have to do the. You started it right before I came in uh, just after COVID started. And uh, Pete, you you also, you know, watched the show pretty much from the beginning. I remember seeing, I think you had comments in the chat. But Pete, one of the reasons I got to know you well, we're sort of kindred spirits in the fact that we are both on the Map Rainier show. And one of the reasons why I decided to have you on as co-host is like, you know, this guy really sounds like he knows what he's talking about. I love the stats you gave on Matt's show because I'm a math guy, of course. And, uh, you know, Matt had some good, you know, people on the show and some people that were, eh, you know, more amateurish. I could tell you really knew what you were talking about, Pete. So uh, that's, I think I gave you a call or we emailed. I'm not sure how or twi- I think it's a DM perhaps. Yeah. But you were there almost from the beginning as well as a viewer of the show. Yeah, and, and I sort of knew about it, I think, through – through Matt. I don't remember if his maybe you had a you had a spot on his show and you mentioned you were starting something and then I watched a right. bit and then I think yeah just randomly and I was like hey I know that guy from the from the <laughs> Matt Bernier show and that that sounds like a good idea to me. I never pass up an opportunity to chop up some races so why the hell not? Yeah, I was so impressed with both you guys the minute I met and talked to you honestly. I'm not just, you know, just saying that and uh you know, uh, we I've lauded the praise of both you guys for a long time, and um, it's been what eight months for you guys now, I believe, coming up. So I know it feels like twenty years that you guys have been on with all the work I have you guys do, but uh, it's greatly appreciated. We got Brad. We got to bring up a lot of comments tonight, guys. Brad Anderson, my good friend Brad Anderson, part of the BCBC crew who lives in the Tampa Bay area. Happy birth, or happy anniversary, Howard. I uh, have enjoyed the journey. Take a minute to enjoy your accomplishments. You've earned it. Thanks, Brad. I've did a lot of reminiscing. I got to say, I've, 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 only, I've shed a few tears this week, looking back at old shows and watching them montage and just thinking, you know, how much we've accomplished in a short period of time. And I say we, because it, it takes a village when you have a podcast uh, like this. One other quick promo I want to bring up, guys, is, of course, we know the Pegasus coming up. And we have a, a, a pool party that we're doing. And we're going to be live on YouTube a week from Saturday. We're going to be live, myself, Matt Miller, and Kyle Rosser. We're going to be live at the Crazy Poor OTB in Villa Park, uh, Illinois. But we're also going to be live on YouTube. Pete and Paul, hopefully you can join us for some of that. We'll, we'll be talking about that uh, soon. But, again, that's going to be on, on YouTube, guys. And um, so that's going to be very exciting. Of course, Pegasus Week is coming up, and we don't want to miss that. Um all right, guys, uh, any any quick thoughts? I mean, Pete and Paul, we have a, Kevin Kilroy is about to join us before we jump into fairgrounds. Big news today, Paul and Pete, uh, regarding the Pegasus turf. Uh, Colonel Liam uh, is retired. That That's a big that's a big deal, Paul. Yeah, yes, it was. And, uh, you know, who knows what would have happened? I think you and I were both leaning the same way on that one, Howard, that we maybe were not going to be. Yeah betting him to win three in a row. So whenever, you know, it, I, I certainly, it's a big hit to the race because we talked about that uh, off air. You know, the race is, yeah, okay. It's not great anyway. And uh, 
that's a big hit to the race. But, uh, you know, he won it twice. He's a, he, he, there was a time when he was really informed that he was probably just about as good as any turf horse in the country. You know, there, there was a window there that he was really good. Well, the race against domestic spending Pete at Churchill was one of the best races of the year. I think it was, was it 2020 or was it 21? I have to go back and look. It was a thrilling. I think that was the Derby Day undercard. And it's a shame to see horses go, but it's probably uh, the right decision, Pete. Yeah, I mean, he was, we, we talked about it over text, I think, or, or DM earlier. And it was, he was just sort of dull in the last one. And, and again, he owes nobody. He, he doesn't owe anybody anything. He's run a ton of great races. Like Paul said, he's won that twice in a row uh, on top of a whole bunch of other races and gave us some, some great thrills. So you, you like to see a horse go when it's their time and it's not due to injury or any other, anything else like that. It's just, yeah. Hey, he's had his day and, and he's going to, you know, hit the breeding shed, I assume. Yeah, I'm sure that'll be the plan. He's actually going to be bred in the state of Florida. Um, he's going oh, okay. to be bred at Ocala. Um, they want to do that to sort of separate him from a lot of the other really good stallions. I think that's interesting. All right, one quick comment from Matt, and then we're going to bring on Kevin Kilroy. Uh, Matt Miller, uh, he was in the montage, guys. I had to include him in the montage. I mean, he's <laughs> he's a good friend. He's part of this show. So proud of you, Howard, and the team. The show has adapted so nicely over time to find a niche that really works. Matt, You've been a big part of it. We really appreciate uh, everything that you brought to the show as well. Speaking of bringing to the show, let's bring on our, our guest tonight. And it's very appropriate to have this guest on tonight because even though I've not met him in person yet, I do consider him a friend. I'm sure he feels the same way. He's been on the show, I believe, twice. So I think this is his third time on the show. He does an unbelievable job. He's in his second year uh, working for Churchill Downs Incorporated on the fairgrounds simulcast. He covers it like a glove, and that's why we have him on tonight. So let's bring on live from New Orleans, the one and only Kevin Kilroy. Trust your luck. How you doing tonight, Kevin? <laughs> What's up, fellas? What's up? How are, I, we haven't met in person. You said that and it blew me away. I feel like, I, yeah, I feel like we have, my man. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, time number three, and uh, dudes, we got a big weekend this weekend. What do you think? Big weekend. Kevin, we do. We really appreciate all of our guests, but especially ones that are working like all day long. And I know you've had a long day, so we do uh, appreciate it. Uh, before we get into, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the card this Saturday, quick impressions of the fairgrounds meet so far. I know we could we could talk negatives or positives. I, one of the big stories, unfortunately, <laughs> is the turf is the turf situation. I mean, we've got to yeah, we got to talk yeah. about it. They're they're running races, what, 30, 40 feet out. It's a very narrow turf course. At least they're running on turf right now. The turf they're running on is actually decent. But unfortunately, the turf's been issued. There's been some rain. But there's also been a lot of really great stories and exciting racing and excellent jockey uh, race as well. Yeah, yeah. The turf's been tough. You know, I'm sure you guys are like me. Those turf races are are a little bit of my bread and butter, you know. Um, but we're back on. We're, we're running one race a day. And you know, it's it's uh, seems like the, it just being far, as far outside as you can be is really where the best run is. So that's something to think in mind, you know, as you're looking at the card for Saturday. And Chris Block keeps on winning on the turf. So if he's winning on the turf, then the course must be legit because, you know, he's got legit turf runners. Right. Um, he just won a good one today with uh, uh, what was it, Xanthem or Canthem or something like that. Yeah. But, but a strong, yeah. strong pedigree runner. Um, 
yeah, you know, it's 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 been neat having Corey Lannery there, right? And Jamie Jamie Terrio was back for a little bit, but he's he's thrown in the towel. Um, Lannery's been riding fantastic, and Flo's been with us the whole meet. He's about to hit two thousand wins. Um, Calhoun's just been killing it, man. That guy, it's just set up for him so well. He's got Louisiana bred horses. He's got dirt horses. He's one of these situations where uh, we see a lot where, you know, cold trainer from the last meet, they come into the next one uh, with a hot barn and um, Ray's been riding for him and just doing a great job. And, you know, as, as much as it sort of uh, slowed things down, not had the turf course and just sort of took a little bit of starch out of uh, my excitement, you know, um, it's been it's been wonderful, man. You know, I've just been uh, trying to be on the backside more. Hopefully I can offer you all some some good scoop when I'm hearing from the trainers. I've just been trying to be more in the conversation because, you all know, it's so hard to find an edge. And I feel like that's uh, that, that's what I got. So I'm trying to trying to talk to people and, and get the scoop and all that sort of stuff. Well, that's why we why we have you here, man. It's people like you that makes the show great, Kevin, because Pete and Paul, now that we've been on for a while and we've sit so many circuits, I just have a laundry list of people I can contact through email or phone. No, no matter where we are, we're doing San Nita. I can get in touch with Michelle, you or the TV, you know, the, the FanDuel people, you know, whoever. Gulfstream, I can get in touch with Brian Nadow. And, you know, I, we've had Chad Chexnader, of course, uh, Kevin, who does a great job with the Fairgrounds podcast. Shout out to them. And if you have a chance to watch the yeah. Fairgrounds, or excuse me, listen to the Fairgrounds podcast, Check that out because they're going to have great info, I'm sure, on this weekend, Kevin. But, you know, we can go to New York, Pete and Paul, and get in touch with Serling or Stabile. It is cool, Pete and Paul. We can just go – no matter where we are in the country now, we have people to reach out to. Yeah, and especially during, you know, whatever part of the year, especially in the leading up to the Derby, it's great too because there's obviously there's obviously Derby preps all over the country. So to have someone sort of in the know and what's going on, especially with the horses that are sort of settled in at those locations, it makes it fantastic. Yeah, it's a lot yeah. of fun. Kevin, I want to just throw kudos to you. I know, I, I mean, I, when you started last year, you know, the situation you were in is the pales in comparison to this little podcast that I have. And I'm sure that was, you know, nerve wracking and, and you were nervous and all that, but the leaps and bounds that uh, you have shown and you were great to start with, but the leaps and bounds you've shown with the production and all that, I'm sure you feel a lot more comfortable. It is much more difficult than it looks on TV, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I might guess, you know, it's just, yeah, getting comfortable. I think that's the key, you know, there's the yeah. days where I'm, uh, where I'm just feeling like, I'm just sort of hanging out with Dooley or with Joe or with the listeners, you know, and really just hanging out with the field and, and talking about it just sort of straight up as, as I see it, as opposed to in some sort of produced way, those days feel good. So that's, that's that comfort level. And that just comes with time, you know, and, and getting the reps, you know, if I was on every day, that would, that would help a ton. But I think with the notes, man, I've just learned a ton with really what, what service they, they provide and really how to make them helpful because there's so many quotes you can get out there that just basically says, yeah, the horse is coming good into this and da 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 da. And so a lot of it has to do with just forming those relationships and having people talking to me and trusting me and all that sort of stuff. So hopefully I'm doing a good job on, on that end. And, and uh, um, yeah, man, it's just, it's, it's so fun. It feels different this year. Last year was just all just like a kid in the candy store and it feels, you know, it's a touch more like work. Um, but uh, it feels um Man, I, yeah, I've had a couple good days this week where I'm just like, oh shit, I nothing else I want to be doing, man. This is this is <laughs> this is the best life, you know. So I'm trying to appreciate it as much as possible, and it's a big sacrifice for my family. They're back in Kansas City and all this, so it's it's difficult, you know. I I feel for all the uh, the, the race trackers out there that are always have always been traveling around in different spots and trying to yeah. put it all together, man. It's tough. Yeah. 
shout out to your wonderful family, your wife and, and children. Hey, at least they're close to the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Who've got a big uh, game coming up this week to start there. What I'm sure will be the that Super Bowl is- run for the Kansas City Chiefs. At least that's Kevin Kilroy's home. All right, let's get into the pick five, guys. Now, before we start the pick five, Kevin, and I didn't really preface any of you guys on this, but Kevin, I, I and I apologize if you had to do extra work because what you had to send out with all the uh, – Every race, but I know you had to handicap it anyway. I want to very quickly, guys, talk about race nine. Now, this is outside of the pick five. And the reason it needs to be mentioned, gentlemen, is there's one particular horse that's cross-entered in LeCompte, number one. And number two, Kevin, I think this race uh, could be equal, if not more important, for the Derby Trail down the road. There are several horses in race nine at the fairgrounds on Saturday, which is the race before the pick five that are in the future Derby pool, which Kevin, of course, comes out this weekend, pool three. So very quickly, I'm just, and and just real quick, uh, Kevin, we're not going to talk about it a lot here. I'm just going to show the field and and Pete and Paul, we'll just let Kevin talk through this, but um, it's allowance optional, uh, 80,000. It's for three-year-olds only. They're going a mile of 16th. It's a small field, Kevin. When you look at the field, you got banishing, uh, uh, Tappet's conquest is, in the, um, I know the futures pool. So is Tappet Shoes. Determinally is a real nice horse. This is a, a loaded field. Um, Tappet's Conquest, the three, as you know, Kevin, is the one that's cross entered. Please tell the people at home watching and listening later on is Tappet's Conquest, as far as you know, at this time, going to be in this race or the Lacombe? And what's your overall opinion of this race in particular? Yeah. So what I'm hearing is Tappet's Conquest will run here. And um, okay. I've, heard that, I've heard that from news. a few different sources and, you know, not, not that it's anything definite because Brad, he's an interesting guy where he's, he always shoots you straight, but he's always thinking through things. So he's always just sort of getting a feel for, for what's going on and what he's hearing about other horses and, you know, where it's the best spot for his, but Flo is, is, is really high on Tappet's Conquest. He's doing great in the morning. You know, Drew's going to be riding him. Um, and he, he could be a sneaky one wherever he shows up to tell you the truth. And because uh, the good stuff we're hearing, uh, but banishing, I mean, there isn't a horse that's, that's being talked about much more than banishing that uh, Brendan Walsh runner. That was a big effort last time out. You know, a little bit of an easy lead against we'll see how tough that field is. Some of those runners are coming back on Saturday. But uh, he's an interesting horse. It just if he fills out, man. If he keeps on putting weight, which talking to, to the barn that he is, he has been since that last race. He's been training forward. Um, he, he's going to be special. He, he's just, he looked like a puppy dog in those first two races, really just not fully in control and coordinated with his body. But he's, uh, he's an interesting runner. He's got the pedigree. And, uh, you know, Godolphin's not worried about bringing home the checks. They just want to go for the, the big derby. So they're just being conservative by putting him in this allowance. And too bad it came up salty. It's not going to be necessarily a confidence run for him. Is banishing your top choice uh, in this race uh, as I scroll through here? You know, I, I, banishing is my top choice, but the pace is kind of kind of tricky for him. I think invulnerable is going to be ascend. Um, you know, I think silver heist uh, could be interesting. The aerial stretching out determinedly um, is is one that, that I don't want to use in, in this race, but could compromise the pace. Um, I'm just not sure if he's got much more room to improve. You look at these young runners, you know, how much more can they step up and why, why is he going to step up more in the next race? We've kind of seen the same race from him, even though he, you know, fell on his knees at that last one, um, but he's going to make things hot. So if banishing can relax, I think he's going to be okay. But it, it does seem like if he, if he kind of gets aggressive, it could get, it could get hot and you kind of want to be a little bit off the pace at fairgrounds going two turns, um, becoming late recently, the, the speed bias that was there at the beginning is gone. So it's playing fair. 
Okay. Uh, determinally, by the way, Pete and Paul is the horse that uh, beat Shopper's Revenge, who won the last race at Oaklawn that we talked about. That was personally a great score for me, I, I believe, for one of you, if not both of you as well. Uh, with that, too, that Poppy's Shoes or whatever coming second, yeah. uh, yep. Pete, that was about the only good opinion I had all day that worked <laughs> out great for me, at least, but it only takes one. Um, yeah, absolutely. Ban- and Banishing beat a horse that's going to be in one of the races we're talking about. The horse that finished second is going to be uh, in one of the races we're going to be talking about. Uh, actually, in the first leg, I believe. So yeah, a lot a lot of connections going on, guys. You got to pay attention. It's, you definitely want to watch race nine, ladies and gentlemen, on Saturday at Fairgrounds if you're interested in the Kentucky Derby trail yep. at all, because there's some serious runners. Kevin, last question before we end the pick five, the weather. Ah, oh, here we go again. Now, what I've seen, who knows, right? Paul hates these conversations. <laughs> who knows? But um, it looks like it's going to rain. doesn't look like it's going to be like a, a gully washer completely. Um, but any rain at all, and they're not going to be running on the turf. I'm expecting we're going to be handicapping the one race in the pick five off the turf. We're going to be guessing. Yeah. So we're going to handicap that as a dirt race. How much rain have you guys been getting recently? And what's the vibe for Saturday Will they still run on the turf? Are they going to save it? What what's the what's the story? What do you think? So um, yeah, the the thought is that we'll run on the first two on the turf for sure, and then you know it does seem like the rain's going to come later. But even if we get some rain, that we do want to run those on the turf. So that's the goal. Which you know we have seen fairgrounds come off the turf okay. with just a little bit of rain in the past. Um, we had a little bit of last night, and we, we ran today, so that was a good sign to me that it really is is doing well because um, it came down for a good hour, um, and. Frank Frank McGoey was talking today. He's got a friend who's got one of those uh, golf like uh, paid subscription weather deals, and they're saying six to seven is when the storm coming in from that from that weather service. So we might be all right, man. We might be all right, but um, if, if if it goes off the turf, it might might be okay, and might be, it might even be a better race in terms of some of these runners who are on AE list there in the uh, in the Kenner. Uh, for sure. Uh, Ralph, just shout out to Ralph once. And I actually reached out to Steve Beck, but that was a while ago, guys. And Steve doesn't do a lot of other podcasts because he's just he's incredible and, have, of course, has his own uh, show in the morning. So um, I don't think Steve does a lot of other podcasts. But Ralph, no, we'll I, get him. We'll get him. There we go. Well, I'd love to get him on. So with the power of a Paul Halloran, it will happen because we'll Paul can get on just about anyone. And again, I showed this already, but uh, this is Matt Cutera. Matt, thanks a lot. Really appreciate. It. He's the racing manager at Adelphi Racing Club, which Kevin, they're out in New York, and they've had a lot of success. And I've bought some uh, 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 pieces of horses with them, and have had done very well as a, as a first time owner. So that's been cool. All right, the late yeah, pick five, cool. Kevin. Let's jump in right yeah. now. It starts in race ten. Let me go ahead and switch screens here. Starts in race ten. Uh, it's a ama- It's about four thirty Central Time. Of course, five thirty Eastern Time. Main special mile and a sixteenth. This is for three-year-olds only. It's a pretty big field there. It's a field of 10 uh, with an entry. And the Moorline favorite, Kevin, is the number eight mobster for Cassie and Saez. And again, this is the horse that lost uh, to the horse, Banishing, I believe, the horse we just talked about. Let me go ahead and bring up our picks here on the screen. There they are. They're scrolling at the bottom of the screens. Kevin, you get to go first, as always, as our guest. You're going to go with the coupling. I'm not sure which one you like better, Flight and Ready uh, for Dallas Stewart or the Silver Bull for uh, Greg Foley. Either way, Kevin gets the two for the price of one. Kevin, who do you like to open up this sequence? Yeah, this is an important sequence for me to try to beat uh, that favorite. And, you know, if they do stay coupled in here and they're both running, that will definitely 
be on a lot of tickets, right? But uh, I'm going to single chop chop later. So I got to get I got to get away from Mobster. And I, you know, I, I think he he did take a nice step forward there, going two turns um, in second to to banishing, but eight and a half legs. He was kind of just trying to beat the rest of the field that day. Um, he's doing well going, coming into this for sure. You know, talking to David Carroll there in the barn, and um, you know they expect him to run well, but. Uh, um, I, I would be surprised if he takes another step forward in there. The, yeah, the couple of entry is definitely uh, some runners that I'm hearing good stuff about from uh, from both sides. You know, you got Dallas Stewart and you got Greg Boley um, on both of these. And, uh, you know, they're West Point thoroughbreds. They're going to get bet, you know, because those, those owners definitely bet their horses. Um, but uh, but both of them are, are feeling really good about about these runners coming into this race. So it's definitely definitely wants to think about using um, in this first leg. Uh, so you're just going to fade mobster completely or would you use him as a backup on, on an ABC or a caveman ticket? Um, I think I'm just going to fade him completely. I think a wow. mobster should be able to run in the money, but, uh, you know how it goes, man. It's, 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 he, he deserves, you know, your look and, you know, he deserves, deserves, deserves a shot in here, but yeah, yeah chop chops in there. And I also do like, uh, some other, some other horses that can take a lot of money. So I got to get aggressive in this one. And, you know, I mean, this, the coupled entry might be, if I wanted to get real aggressive, be, be one that I would single in here because uh, uh, they seem like they're doing really well coming into this. Now, everyone knows, or if you don't know, it, the replays are tricky with Churchill Downs and DRF. I don't want to get into it, but we're not going to be showing a lot of replays tonight, if any, because I can't click on the screen show replays. But, Kevin, I am so happy, so happy that someone else likes the four because I'm like, no one's going to have this four. I've got the four on top. This is a replay special, Kevin. I'll let you talk about baseline beater. The the last race, the December 8th replay, everyone, you have to watch it. It was a very slow race. He was in between horses. He got a weird shuffle, Kevin, and made a big, wide middle move. I'm sure you, you're probably there. You saw it. I think this horse is fascinating at a price. What else do you want to add about baseline beater for Pesson and Lannery? 100%. So December 8th, speed rail day. And like you said, he was coming wide. Uh, Phileas Fogg had him out front and was able just to, to wire that field. And um, so everything was kind of going against that runner. And, and not only do, do you like him, I like him. Pesson likes him, too, in here. So um, he's okay. doing good coming into this. And I like that Corey's going to get up um, for this one. Like I said, he's been riding great. He should be coming off the pace. And if he gets something to close into, man, this runner could be, could be live. Pesson's been sending out runners left and right. And um, we'll talk about another one of those later on. This is one of my price plays of the sequence. And he's got a 425 wet Tomlinson. There's more speed in the race. He's going to be, he might be double digits, Kevin. I am going to use this horse in my, you know, my back wheel, my reverse key and tries everywhere. I'm fascinated by this horse. Uh, Pete, let's, you also like the coupling with the one. I'm assuming you like flight, uh, excuse me, fight and ready better. Would that be safe to say? And Paul, you've got the one also, actually. So either one of you guys can talk about either one of the couplings. Yeah, I actually this I didn't like anyone in this race all that much. So I figured, hey, two for the price of one. I'll take that in a yep. field that I don't love anyone. But I did I did like, you know, I, I don't mind a horse where if I look at Flight and Ready's debut, it was in the slop, was way in the back, never like it's even the notes never involved. So it just didn't do anything and then came back and ran well against other horses in the race. So if I can look at it and say, well, maybe the slop was an excuse on top of it being his his lifetime debut. So if I look at it that way, I think maybe I can lean more on the last race and the last race. I didn't love it because I didn't really think he did all that much. He just sort of sat and sort of ran in place, but I figured again, 
this isn't, there's no world beaters in here. Nobody was actually running fantastic races. So I figure if this one, at least I know he's sort of tactical, he can get in the mix a little bit. And I don't think there's a ton of pace in here. So I think though, this one could sit close and sit right off. So I, I liked, I liked that out of, it was more like, um, you know, one of not a great bunch. So that was the one I put yeah. on top. And actually it was, I was intrigued by the one a, I mean, that figure was terrible. The race doesn't look great, but I just thought that he showed, you know, I always like a horse, especially in debut broke badly, was way, way yeah. in the back. And yeah. then still, you know, showed a lot of life was closing late the gallop out, which I'm not a huge gallop out person, but the gallop out was good. And for a first timer, I thought at least it showed something. So I thought like that 55 buyer doesn't look great, but I think there's a lot, maybe a little bit more in the tank with this one. So I'll take a shot with him as well. Pete, I looked at this horse real closely, almost because I almost liked him more than the, I wish silver bull was on his own because he'd be like, me too. Yeah, one. me too. And you know, he's, this is West point, Kevin. I mean, this is, He's the other, you know, the other Foley, blah, blah. I mean, not the other Foley, but, you know, the other, the, the less light coupling, supposedly. Paul, yeah. I got a question for you before we move on to the next race. I'm going to make one other point. Paul, if the race, if the uh, track does come up a little bit wet, does that put you against fighting ready based on his first time out? Or do you chalk his first time out more to just being first time out as opposed to the slop? And we don't really know. It's a guess, right? Yeah, and, and Dallas Stewart doesn't typically have him cranked up. He's like eleven percent first time starter, and you know this horse didn't take much money. Yeah, I don't. You know, I, I wouldn't. And according to Kevin and, and the forecast, by that point in the card, hopefully it's it's not going to be that wet anyway. But no, I don't think so. But you 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 left out Howard, uh, my man Ray Lou. Uh, who Kevin was speaking of jockeys. How about the yeah. leading jockey, the New York bred Ray Lou Gutierrez for a red hot Brett Calhoun, who's 20% with second time starters. And mm -hmm. uh, he and Ray Lou are clicking at 32%. And this horse took some money last time. And I am going to be using this horse in the thick of this race. Hey, hey, Paul, you know, you know, I, I thought of you when I saw this stat where the Calhoun Ray Lou combo Eight for 30 wins, but 21 for 30 in the money in uh, dirt routes at fairgrounds. So wow. for a 12 to one shot that you maybe want to do a, you know, back wheel try or, yeah. or just have them hit the board. That was a fantastic stat when I saw that. Pete, one yeah. more time. So Kevin Kilroy can mention on national TV <laughs> that he heard from the HHH racing podcast about this stat. One more time. Pete, Kevin, Kevin stat, will give man. you the opportunity to write it down. I'm just kidding. You don't have to say anything, but it's a great stat. One more time. 21 for 30. 21 for 30. Route races, at dirt, route, dirt, routes, dirt routes at fairgrounds. So okay. nice. Kevin, easy that's impressive stat, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes a ton of sense. But, hey, yeah, to, to fade Calhoun is just feel does feel stupid these days because he does yeah. keep on uh, moving him forward, and yeah. uh, he does seem to have a master plan. So I, I'm, I love that you, you've got this one in there, uh, Paul. I'm using him defense. So I don't like the fact he was in for maiden fifty though. That's always a negative for me that they didn't think highly enough, but maybe they think highly of him now. I just want to quickly mention the three for everyone. Presider, this is my third choice. No one on the screen has this horse anywhere, so everyone else is probably right, and I'm wrong. But, guys, I watched the replay last time at Keeneland. Look who we faced, by the way, Cyclone Mischief, who just ran a big race at, uh, at Gulfstream and a listed stake there, I believe. Um, if you watch the replay, and I'll just watch the first turn, guys. It, I think it's important to watch. Replays on this show, Kevin, as you know, are very important. Uh, I, I pride myself on just watch the eight. 
All you got to do, guys, is watch the first turn uh, of Presider. He's the eight. Before this race, he ran very well with a 70. I don't like this ride, personally, by Saez. He breaks fine. He's, again, he's right here. And right here, guys, if I'm the jock, I'm pulling back and trying to tuck into here. I've never been on a horse, so what the hell do I know? But Saez decides to ride aggressively anyway, guys. He's right here and gets caught way, way wide. He's in this blue. He can't tuck in now at this point. And he gets swung out way wide. You see him right here. And it's hard to tell, but he's in like the 5-6 path. And he stays out here, guys. So right here, he doesn't try to tuck down here. He's still in the 5-6 path. And he flattens out. I just wanted to show that, guys. I think Presider is interesting here. He ran a big race uh, uh, two back. Um, I like Cherie DeVoe. This is another horse um, that, that I'm a little bit interested in. Kevin just went off the screen, so we'll get Kevin back. I, um, I have him as a B, Howard. Okay. Um, Pete, One thing, did you consider he, him at all? Am no, I, just, I did. I the one thing I liked, and we, we don't talk about this a ton on here, is the buyers look bad in those two bookend races, but time yep. form like the races more. So you could see the there's a, what is that, a 27-point difference between time form and buyer in the last one, and then uh, 28 in the other one. So it just, if those buyers were a little bit higher and like you said, you lost by 18 and 16. So that that's going to turn people off. So you might even get a better price on it just because of those two, having those two stinkers on there like that. I just want to mention, uh, Kevin, we got you back on. No problem. Can I, Kevin, you thumbs up, Kevin, to bring you on there. Were you ready to go? All right. I'm watching the replay. I was trying to follow along as I knew I was getting. Uh, Okay. There we go. (laughs) Um, anyway, all right, let's go on to the next race guys. Um, again, we're all we trying to sort like, of beat the about that Asmussen the, first time starter, that Kawhi Dan. Uh, we didn't. You want a quick thought on him? I mean, <laughs> talking to that barn, they think they're going to have a huge. They think they're going to have a huge day. They've, okay. they've got runners left and right in there. A lot of first time starters. So, I mean, Steve, I think he's. This is the type of day that he he wants to win five with, and I don't think Echo yeah. again is going to win. Um, so Kawhi Dan does seem like like a live one to uh, to consider. Yeah. Um, T gas up and uh, quality road, three-year-old Colt, um, you know, sharp works that, the, you know, strong Asperson works. They don't need to be bullets. And I like that they were a little bit sharper earlier and he's got them relaxed and settled in, in the most recent stuff. That's signature Asperson to me, you know, to really get them to find themselves and within their, within their stride. So, um, yeah, it's wide so stable. yeah, fuck man, this, this, this is I, runner for sure. the, the dam's a little more sprinty, Kevin. And to me, it's a tough spot, but listen, Steve could definitely, who am I to doubt uh, Steve Asterson with, with Tyler. And Pete, you gotta have a good stat on Steve, uh, debuting two turns. It's not so hot, right? No, I, had, it's funny. I had a, I had a weird granular one where he was over 16 with three year old first time starters in routes at fairgrounds. So whatever you want to do with that, that's very, very specific. But I was like, and, and the, the damn side was over four first time starters. And when I looked, they were all miserable races. So the four damn starters came out and they were awful. So it wasn't even like, Hey, they ran a good second or third or something. They were terrible. So that's what sort of turned me off that one. Cause I thought maybe that one would take a little bit of money too. So I, yeah. I, I was happy sort of fading that one. Well, that's not a, yeah. I mean, it's small sample, not that small. Any offers for Steve is, is, I, I mean, no, nah, I just meant that it was like a very granular stat. No so, you know, you never know if they really mean anything, but who knows? Before we go to race 11, I just want everyone who's watching and listening at some point, let's just get that out. I'd love to hear everyone down below the video player. When did you start watching the show? Any great memories you have 
of our shows. We're here, ladies and gentlemen, on our two-year anniversary. Please comment below the video player. We don't always get a lot of comments below the video player. When you start watching the show, any favorite moments you have about anyone, maybe a favorite bet that you that we, we uh, tipped out for you, love to hear comments below the video player on our two-year anniversary of the HHH Racing Podcast. Oh, yeah, Let's go on to race 11. Yeah, happy anniversary. That's awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate yeah. that, buddy. Uh, let's go to race 11, guys. Now, this is tricky. It's the Duncan Kenner. It's scheduled for turf. I made the decision as the host, and it might be a bad decision, but I have a feeling this can be rained off. It's later in the card. Um, any kind of rain. Uh, Kevin already said they're going to run on the turf earlier in the card. I know it's a stake. We're going to handicap this, ladies and gentlemen, as if it's off the turf. Um, I'm sure we'll get some quick opinions from you guys if it's on the turf, but here's the field. It's a field of eight with three also eligibles and two of them would have major, major uh, consideration if it's on the dirt. The more line favorite if it's on the turf would be number two, Maniwa. I'm not sure Maniwa would be the favorite if it's on the dirt. Um, again, we're going to handicap this if it's on the dirt, as you can see below. Kevin, you are going to go with the number five in this race. Uh, sorry, switched it over here, uh, which is a very fast horse fiber call from the gates, and the name is escaping me. It is uh, Angustin, an eight-year-old coming off a year-and-a-half layoff. <laughs> Kevin, you're going to have to convince me on this one, buddy. Okay, so I forgot that you wanted it off the turf. So this is this is my oh. turf for on the turf. Oh, okay. So the three-to-one morning line, you see that this, this runner is working – so well and uh mitchell okay. you know Mitchell's the rider there he's saying working just as good as when he came off that huge layoff to win at churchill in that last effort so he seems okay. like a big time live runner um but so sorry yeah scratch that one that's if we're on the turf we're, we want okay. the five okay can do you have uh three dirt picks uh kevin for us or do you have to no. look at it no 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 I'm, I'm good yeah surveillance bango um and boulder if we're if we're on the in, dirt. in that order in, in that, in the, yeah, absolutely. That's surveillance. 10, 11, uh, 3? 10, 11, 3. 10, 11, 3. Yeah, surveillance is, 10, 11, um, okay. he's as happy as he ever has ever been. I was just hanging out with his groom the other day. He just, he can't, he can't just, uh, he just keeps on stepping forward. He's training, um, just, just huge. And he's just happy, man. This guy, he's, he's a weird little, you know, not little, but a weird horse who, um, just kind of has a mind of his own. And James Graham is always struggling with him, but he, he comes running late. And he just won the Thanksgiving Classic. You know, he just won the Richie Shear. He beat Bango and Bango's connection was like, how do we lose that race? He beat Heart Rhythm and Ortiz is like, how do we lose that race? So he keeps on beating horses that are running their races. And um, I think he could take another step forward on turf or dirt. I think either one surveillance is a live runner. So if he draws in, uh, look for that guy. He broke his maiden on the turf at fairgrounds. All wins have come at fairgrounds. This guy loves fairgrounds. Uh, shout out to Case G. Case, I believe you're a new viewer to the show. You said it's super easy horse to watch for with notes. Recently heard about horse racing. Uh, now app liking. Case, welcome to the show, man. Uh, continue watching and betting and learning about horse racing. It's a great sport, Case, if you're new uh, to the show. That's awesome, Kevin. We like seeing new people. And then um, Ross Blacker, big fan of the show. Can we pause the show at Meyer Beverly <laughs> Park tonight in race five? At um at Charlestown, are you familiar with this horse, Kevin? This is like an allowance horse who's won like what in, in two thousand last year he won like twelve races or something crazy, right? Fifteen. He won his fifteenth race on New Year's Eve at Fairgrounds. Fifteen. He's a few more wow. okay. field too. Yeah, he 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 looked amazing, man. What a what a what a war horse. Love that guy. Uh, surveillance is a cool gray. My only concern here, Kevin, is is 
we don't know what the speed situation would be, but the top two choices in this race, if it's on dirt, surveillance and Bango, neither one of them are real speed. That's my concern. I have those two on top, so I need to show the banners. But if it's taken off the off the turf, Kevin, your your top choices are going to be closers or stalkers. That's scary going five and a half on a wet ground. Maybe someone can get loose. I just don't know who it would be, though. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, if it's wet, it depends on when they seal it. That's a big thing with the fairgrounds track. You know, if it gets sealed, yeah. then that rail can be pretty pretty deadly. But it depends on when. If they'd seal it just like right before the race or some some shit like that, then you still want to see them. We've, we've seen some wet closers come, coming home at sprint distances specifically. So, and Bango, he'll be up close to it. I mean, this guy, he might be the all-time winningest horse at Churchill. I think it's 11 oh, is, is the number. and he's, he's won nine or something like that. He's in form. He's doing great. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's ready to rock and roll. I will say, and, uh, Paul, we're going to go to you next uh, to talk about uh, your top choice in the three. I will say, Kevin, the last time they met, they met recently in the Richie Shear Memorial. Surveillance won on the square. I don't think Bango really had an excuse. I'm going with Bango just because I think it'll be a better price. I don't think much separates them, but maybe Surveillance is just going to uh, keep winning. Surveillance is the horse to beat. I just think he might be too low a price. Paul, you're going with uh, Surveillance on top, but uh, the three, Baldor is a horse that you're in shit. I know Kevin is interested in this horse. His form is tailing off a bit. He's inconsistent, but he can fire big when he's right, Paul. I like that if it's on turf, the three will be my top selection. I actually like this horse if it stays on turf. Um, I, I agree with Kevin. I think he could go either way. I do like the 10 a lot. 10-11, uh, uh, I like a lot as A's if it goes to the dirt, as uh, meteorologist Howard has predicted. <laughs> Yeah, Kevin, you can be Kevin. You can be sure of one thing: you are going to have beautiful weather in New Orleans on Saturday. Is that how hard to mix them? Is that his weather skill? Wait a minute, He's a lot, I'm a, Kevin. I'm a dedicated Weather Channel watcher. We've talked about this before. Kevin, uh, bring your suntan lotion to the track Saturday, Kevin. I'm getting too much already, man. Too much time outside. <laughs> hey, Paul, do you want to mention Manny? Why I've got this horse third so yeah he's, yeah he's you know the it's, it's, favorite if it's on dirt i like him a lot better on dirt and if he's on dirt he's got a shot but i don't know i think he's sort of tailing off he's, the he's a dead closer he's gonna move to a turf race if it, if it comes off he wants him on the turf he, he's he's very eager to run really? this guy in the, yeah yeah i mean that's wayne i don't know you know that's what he's just what he Wait, told me but uh, yeah did wayne tell you if it's off the turf, he's not going to run on dirt, Kevin? Yeah, he mentioned the other race he's going to run. I forget what it is, but he's got another spot for him. Oh, okay. So, info from Kevin, guys. Uh, yeah. According to Kevin, Catalano said if this race is on the dirt, Manny Wild will be scratched. Paul, you want to talk about the source anyway real quick? Yeah, I mean, he, he seems very pace-dependent regardless of where it is. I mean, he certainly yeah. – he comes running. There's no there's no doubt about it. Uh I kind of liked him better on dirt, but, you know, Wayne Catalano's the trainer and not me. So um, I, I thought he had a, a decent chance, again, if he had some pace to run into. Um, I don't love him on turf, but I don't know. Nine to five seems low regardless of what they run it on, to be honest. You know, I know he ran in the Breeders' Cup sprint. I get it. You know, he won the Phoenix. You know, those are dirt races. Uh but if you're making the morning line and it's a turf race, nine to five seems low. I mean, no doubt about it. Uh, Pete, I know you've got the 10 and 11 at the top. You have Evan Singh uh, 
I, I now I'm assuming this was a dirt pick for you selection. Third. It was. Okay, talk about this horse maybe as a interesting horse on the dirt. Well, I was. It, it's it's tough when you're trying to figure out. Hey, if it does come off, who's going to be in and who's going to be out? Right, and I just thought this one. I thought the one thing I liked the damn side. Oh, for eight wins in dirt sprints, but seven for eight in the money. So I thought, well, maybe. And it's a hard spun on top. So I figured maybe this one actually can run on the dirt. And if they decide to keep him in, he'd have a shot. Depending on who else stays in. The one question I have, maybe maybe if it's for Kevin. So Boldor and. Bango both have Gaff Leone up and Boldor can run on both. So I wasn't sure if he would stay in regardless of where, whether it's turf or dirt. And then I wasn't sure about who do you think Gaff Leone would, would ride? Would he stick with Asmus and him stick on Boldor or Bango looks like if it goes to dirt, Bango looks like has the better shot. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. And Kevin actually oh, went off screen again. Okay. Pete, so I, he might be, but just some something to keep an eye out. If you, if, if you looked at one and thought, Hey, Gaff Leone, I like that. If they both are in, you know, make sure you pay attention to see who picks up one or the other, depending on yeah. which one he chooses. Uh, no, no, no question about it. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, let's go on to the next race guys. Cause we keep talking about a race that we don't even know what surface it's going to be on. And <laughs> we got to talk about it, but it feels a little weird to, you know, talk in detail. Uh, let's go on to race. Say about Manny Wah, he wasn't sure why he ran so bad last time. He thought maybe it was just the the, eight, the late six being added back on. That was sort of his best guess. So maybe he just uh, okay. sort of didn't react very well to it. So that could be the excuse. But that's that's the last thing I'll throw in. Okay, very interesting. Let's go on to race. Sorry, race twelve, guys. Now uh, this is a silver bullet day. This is for the Phillies. Three year, three years old, mile and a seventy. This is points for the Kentucky Oaks. This is the trail. Uh, to the Kentucky Oaks and fairgrounds does a great job with the boys and the girls with their road to the uh, Kentucky Derby. You see the field here of seven big more line favorite. Kevin already mentioned chop, chop, Brad Cox, Florent Giroux. Let me go ahead and switch the banners. Uh, Kevin, you're not only going with this horse as is Paul, but Kevin, this is also spoiler, spoiler, a spoiler alert. This is your single in the pick five. What is it that you like so much about Chop Chop in this spot? Well, you know, she does seem like the, the one in here. And if you do like her, you just kind of have to single. I feel like that's that's the case. You know, it's not that not that huge of a field. Um, but he's uh, just a total excuse in that last race. Just one of the worst rides you ever, you'll ever see. Just not t- in position oh. at all. Um, worked you know, deserve to be the favorite. Kevin thrown out the heat. I hope, <laughs> oh. I hope Joel Rosario doesn't hear that, Kevin. I, I love Rosario. I love I, I love Rosario. I love Money Sign for sure, 100. I'm a big fan of that guy. But that, it was just it, it wasn't a good ride. You know, it's caught wide, hugely wide there coming um coming into the the bend and you know deserved to be the favorite that day. Was working great coming into it. Just really no excuses for that uh, on the horse side, I guess. You know, but that's a big field, all that sort of stuff, a tough field. But all set, ready to roll. The Barnes loves this horse. Really feel highly about uh, about Chop Chop that she's going to run her race. And, uh, you know, I think uh, when you think about how you're going to get your points to get to that first Friday, first Saturday in May, everybody at fairgrounds has to deal with who's your Philly, who's your Philly, that Amos runner. She's going to be, she's just, she might be in the Derby. She's, she's, she's a big deal. Tom's very high on her. She's running in the Rachel. So I, I think, Brad's like, all right, we got to get, we got to get your points here and chop chops ready to roll. You know, we're going to, we're going to make sure and dive in, but also they never took her out of the barn. They didn't turn her out or anything. So she just has four works coming into this, but uh, she wasn't too far away from, uh, from the track, you know, or she was never away from the track. So uh, she, she's the runner in here. I don't see anybody who can beat her. 
uh, Kevin referred to the Rachel. Kevin, as if everyone knows exactly what you're talking about, he's referring to the Rachel <laughs> Alexandra, which is the next, which is the next uh, Philly thrill Philly race uh, at yeah. at, uh, at at the fairgrounds. My only concern here, and Paul, I'll let you chime in. My only concern is you're going to have a a, pri- a horse that's going to be probably I'm going to say four to five, four um, five in a field think. that does not have a lot of early pace, and she's going to be ridden, you know, from the back of the pack. That's my no, only. No, she's concern. not. No, she's not. She's going to be ridden correctly by Florent Giroux. Okay, go ahead. The way she, the way she was ridden correctly by Ray Lou Gutierrez, the first two races. Yeah. Kevin's yeah. right on target. As great as he is, I've talked about this before. Rosario sometimes rides the same race no matter what type of horse he's on. Why does this horse have two wins to start her career, and then all of a sudden it's a good idea to be 11th out of 14 in the Alcibiades? And then it's a better idea to be – 10th out of 13 in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies, and with a perfect post position in the middle of the field, getting caught that wide. So she's not going to be coming from the back of the pack. She's going to be ridden correctly this time. Kevin, yeah. we, we pull no punches, man. There's, we don't mess around this show. We get, especially Paul gets right to it. You already mentioned that, Kevin. I think he's got a great point. Do you expect this horse to be mid-pack, Kevin? Or even to be up yeah, close, absolutely. even? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Flo, okay. Flo I mean, well, you know, as you say that though, but Flo's kind of he's either a front or back type of rider too, you know. Um, he, he's he's one that's that's good on the lead or he kind of sits back. So I don't think it's gonna right. matter to tell you the truth. I don't think I don't think she's gonna okay. lose too much contact with whoever is in front. And who's gonna be in the okay. front? Hey, you never know. You know, I mean that that's 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 a yeah. good runner for sure and a really neat story. And I, and I like her in the money for sure. But um, I don't think it's going to be too too far too fast, like to you know lose contact with everybody and not be able to, to run them down. We got a big long stretch. Chop, chop, yeah, hey, you never know is the but only real. This looks a good run She stays on. Amber Amber Cascade might go for David Cohen. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. He did was up close uh, two back, so uh, we'll see. David, now David Pete, doesn't like to go to the front. He doesn't like to send. He's he's patient. He wants to have the horse be in okay. position. Have the horse. Yeah. Pete, please explain to Paul and. Kevin, our wonderful uh, co-host and guest, why we are correct with the <laughs> Al's look at a at a higher price with Saez, a horse that's improving for Brad Cox, and and uh, I should get a very nice trip, and will hopefully beat the favorite. At least that's what you and I are hoping. Yeah, I mean the, the the thing here would be, I think it has to happen to what we were talking about at first, where if, if Giroud takes Chop Chop a little bit too far back, the the three horse slows the pace down a bit. The four sits close. The four gets first run, and Chop Chop yep. just has too much to do. That was the way I would picture it if the four was going to win. I do like again if you look at the if you look at the four races there. The one that was bad was was on the slop, so maybe you can forgive that. Has a terrible uh, 308 wet Tomlinson rating. So you, you never know. Maybe just didn't like the slop there. The next race came out and dominated and then lost to Pretty Mischievous, who only has lost, I think, to Who's Your Philly at this point, so is a, is a pretty good horse. So I, I think this one, again, if it's trip, maybe we get the trip. Maybe we get first run. If Chop Chop is really good and gets a clear stretch, then probably is the best horse in the race, though. Yeah, I, I'm hoping. I'm just Pete. We're thinking the same way. I just hope that this Philly gets the jump and just is a much better price. But listen, Chop Chop's the horse to beat. Kevin, real quick before we go on to the last, the next race. None of us has forced chimes on top. Ran the seven. Ran a big race first time out, but 
my concern with this horse is twofold. One, one is Kevin Forrest chimes the seven, got a perfect trip, saving ground and tipping out. Number two, that field to me was awfully hungry. And I guess number three, she was 13 to one first time out. So those three things combined, I'm a bit against, but I wouldn't be surprised if this horse runs a big race. I just don't think she's good enough to beat uh, the top two. Yeah, she, she'll, she'll run a big race for sure. You know, Barkley doesn't have him cranked first time at all. Not expected. And that, that's the price on that horse. Um, they were already thinking the Oaks with this filly before that maiden race. And, um, you know, when I'm talking about a horse that now's the time, this might be the only time that Forrest Chimes has a shot at getting those points. You know, at least, at least the 20 points, right? So um, she should be fully cranked, ready to roll. And, um, uh, you know, it's interesting. If, I think if I wanted to get a price, I would go with Forrest Chimes for sure, 100%. Okay. But that's the one you want to use in the money. Um, she'll be a good runner. But you got the, the alley's look. She, she's, she stays on. She'll, she'll keep coming too. So I think she should be up for it as well. The one thing I liked about her really quick is that, yeah, she was she beat a really bad field because I had that same note, but did it really convincingly. It would have been worse if she only would have squeaked by or won by, even if it won by a length or two, but buried the field the way you should if you think you're a, a talented horse against a weak field. Uh, let's go on to the next race, guys. Uh, we got the paragraph numbers out. She got a 10 in that first start, so that's a pretty big first, first time. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I, thanks for mentioning that. Um, okay. I hope everything's okay. They, I'm sure everything's fine on the internet. So it's probably just my computer reset. Um, let's go to Louisiana Stakes, guys. Louisiana Stakes. Now, Kevin, I know in talking to you through email, you love, love a horse in this spot. I'm assuming you still love that horse. Although. I might have flip-flopped, Aaron. I might have flip-flopped. I yeah, love, I you didn't, you, the horse you loved. Wait a minute. You changed your mind. So I apologize. We'll, we'll show the picks right now. I don't want to spoil uh, spoiled for the viewers. Let's go to Louisiana Stakes. This is for older males. 150,000. They're going a mile and a 16th. This is a nice field. This is a field of nine. You see some familiar faces in this race. The morning line favorite is the number eight, Zozos, coming off a pretty nice 3 old campaign for Cox and Lannery. Again, Brad Cox is set to have a huge day. You can see our picks on the bottom of the screen. Now, Kevin... You, you got to talk to me, sir. You, you were like, I love Zozos. I love Zozos. And now you're changing your mind going to run to, uh, excuse me, to the number two run classic who yes. looks like is the speed of the speed. Yeah. I mean, I love these three equally, but I think we're going to get a, a better price for run classic. I mean, I think Zozos is going to get bet this many of the rings, but uh, I, I, I wouldn't single in here. I think we, I think we have three runners who will be, just really big, older, you know, route horses across across the country. And Run Classic, talk talk about them quickly. So the two back just did something that you don't see Brian Hernandez do, do very often, which was push a horse too hard, dueling uh, through the pace. And uh, that just cost um, everything for Run Classic as Farmington Road just, just, you know, ran him down at the end, just nailed him with that big late run that everybody – that he had that he could do and he finally did it in that race for, for DeVoe and that last race Calhoun's like he hated that track he slipped when he was trying to make his move um he just didn't have any confidence it just was not he doesn't like Oakland Park so he's back here um Brett's so tired of hearing the two-turn question but of course I asked him anyway you know is this a two-turn horse and he's like yeah absolutely he can do his big best run going two turns for sure um and he's he's a big runner going one turn as well but this is a big monster colossal horse and if he's on the lead that's my only uh fear because I'm not sure if he can 
you know, if he's just uh, just loose on the lead or just just has that long stretch, you could get run down by some of these late kickers because Happy American's got a big late kick and and Zozo's uh, you know settled last time. So we'll see what Zozo's does. Um, an interesting one who maybe is more of a, a one one turn mile type of horse in terms of pedigree. Kevin, I'm not sure how Run Classic is going to run, but I'd love to see him in like the Churchill Downs. And is it the Churchill Downs handicap, the seven furlong race that's on Derby Day? I think this horse could be a serious sprinter. Six might be too short. Um, he's one of those in-betweeners, right? This could be like a Met Mile kind of horse if he's that good. I just, um, I don't know if he's going to get the distance, but he's going to be on the lead. So for me, Kevin, I don't know if you agree with this. You got to watch these races. If it's speed favoring inside bias, I would upgrade Von Classic. I'm assuming you would agree with that. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I love BJ on the lead. I think he he always saves horse for the end, right? So that gives me confidence as opposed to a runner who's just going to do an all out send. I don't want an all out send with this with this runner. Yeah. Um, I yeah, it's kind of hard to see that he doesn't get the lead um, in terms of the pace scenario in here. So I just haven't seen too many horses at uh, at this you know at a higher level um, be able to hold that lead throughout. They just keep on getting run down again and again. Yeah. So that does give me pause if he if he is the one on the lead, just in terms of way that the you know our long stretch has been playing. Okay, Paul, let's go to you. You and Pete are lockstep here. Um, you guys are going with the eight Zozos. This was a horse that Kevin liked originally. Uh, ran huge in Louisiana Derby uh, last year in March just losing to epicenter other than that race his figs are good not spectacular he did win very nicely last time paul getting a 92 and i'm sure you and pete agree that this the, the future uh is big for zozos and he could easily run a number that's five or six points higher than he ran last time yeah i think he could be set up for a good campaign i mean look he, he did run a big race in the louisiana derby so you know you have the points you run in the Kentucky Derby. I mean, he had 48 to one in the Kentucky Derby was a ridiculous price that as, as tends to happen in the Derby of horses that are 40 to one that should be 200 to one, but he does have speed. That is a good comeback race. Uh, I think this is the, you know, this is a good spot going a mile and a 16th. Uh, I think he can be the controlling speed. Uh, Lannery got to know him last time. I just think there's a lot to, to like about him. I mean, he's not a sole A for me, but he is definitely my top selection. Uh, Paul, I'll let you talk all about some other horses, but I just want to go to Pete right away. Pete, any other thoughts about Zozos here? No, I, the only thing I would add is that I, I Zozos could be the horse that, and again, I don't know about the distance if they keep going longer. I'm not too worried about a mile and a 16th, but this could be the one that just moves forward and it's a top-notch sort of older horse now and and based on he's never done anything that tells you he's not really good i mean even in the derby from the 19 hole he was quick enough to get in the three spot get hooked up in that terrible pace and then faded but you know at least he was quick enough to get out and he ran a he ran his race early and and tried and he didn't just get stuck in the back and do nothing and then came back and i'm not too worried about the figure you're coming off a seven month layoff and um, against an optional claiming field that you're much better than you're not going to try and overexert yourself there. And you're probably setting yourself up for this race and beyond at that point. Paul, we got a comment. You absolutely have to see from Jim Polaris, Paul, surprisingly like a horse that got solidly beaten by rich strike, who I think is still eligible for N2X races. He and is very, 
he's not only is he eligible, but as soon as they smarten up and put him in one, he'll win. Wow. Okay. Well, Jim, he was riding. He was riding Zandon for like six races after that, and he got thumped by Rich Strike too. So Paul's a little thick-headed when it comes to horses yeah. that lost to Rich Strike. <laughs> Guys, before I talk about my top choice, which no one has, which you know, par for the course these days for me. Um, just quick whip whip around. We'll go Pete. We'll go. Sorry, Kevin. Pete. Paul, in that order, Happy American, real quick, Kevin, about this horse. Oh, yeah, so Happy American, uh, this guy just keeps on getting bigger, getting stronger, and getting faster. You can see in that last race, this is another one that Calhoun was like, Mr. Wireless, I don't know how he got beat. I don't know how he got beat, and he got beat by two and three-quarter lengths. Usually Happy American is a late closer who's just kind of trying to get him at the end or, or trying to work out a trip, but he is uh, he's still learning and still, and still growing mentally and physically, so – he, uh, he's, I think he's poised to have a huge year. Peston feels really, really strongly about that. And uh, third start in the form cycle, he takes one step forward, and Happy American is going to be a late kicker that uh, you've got to, you've got to consider this, this monster. So he, he, he should, he should be definitely uh, one that you, you think about. And I don't think he'll take much money, or at least not as much as he should. You know, I think he'll probably be around five to one or something like that. Kevin, I got him as an A also. I think he's improving, getting better. He got he got yeah. I don't know, he got shuffled back last time, but he sort of let other horses go in front of him. I think it was Mr. Wireless sort of went by him and then just ran everyone down. He was like in the sixth path. It was sort of weird. Um I'm not I don't know if he was drifting or what the story was. Pete, any quick thoughts on Happy American? Definitely a threat. Yeah, no, I agree with Kevin 100%, and I like the first-time gelding. I don't know what that's going to do for this one, but we'll we'll see if maybe yep. that sharpens him up even more. And I really and like Martin this Luther horse. King Day, how do you geld someone on Martin Luther King Day? <laughs> Unbelievable. I think that must have been just when it was reported. I'd be surprised if he gelded yeah. him before that race. I just saw that's that. That's what I, I thought. Like, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I, I got I to ask Neil about that because that, I, I, like after that big run, I don't know why you would fuck around with the guy's nuts. Yeah, all of a sudden screwing around with a horse, yeah. But I mean, I think this one, this one is um, if if Run Classic gets a gets gets a gets a slow lead and sort of walks it a little bit, then maybe that compromises Happy American. Just if he's stuck too far back, we've seen he can do it, but it just depends on how far and and how he has to navigate. Ralph so mentioned he gave you a that, negative point uh, three on third graph. He got a zero with negative three. A negative wow. point three. Nice. Oh, he yeah. was he he was wide. He was wide and and ran huge. Uh, Ralph mentioned it's the highest last buyer. Paul, you're a happy American, so obviously you like this horse. I have this horse as an A. I think he could be a little pace dependent, as the astute Pete Visco just mentioned. But uh, uh, you know the way he's run recently, and then listening to Kevin, who's who's on the ground there. Uh, I, uh, he's a straight A, and it's just what I would be getting if I were in your class, Howard. A straight A <laughs> in, in English for sure, but I, I teach math, Paul, not English. Oh. Okay? <laughs> so I, I, that might change things for you. <laughs> just kidding, Paul. I'm sure you were great in every subject. Um, as usual, my wonderful co hosts and guests are, are, are missing the boat completely. What's yeah, what is it you guys don't like about Forza Diora? Was it was it the 101 buyer in the slop going two turns at Saratoga? Oh no, wait, maybe it was the 101 he ran in the Discovery. Um, guys, I'm just kidding, of course. I don't, you know, I this horse is best up close, and he really didn't have any excuses against Happy American or Mr. Wireless last time. My thought here, gentlemen, is that he's gonna be much better second off the layoff. It's Cox and Giroux. He doesn't mind the mud. It was his best fig, and he's going to sit right off of the speed and be good enough in the lane. 
I have to get the right price because I think this is a very talented field. But, Kevin, I think he's going to set a right trip. The question is, he's had these layoffs. I mean, late in 2021, I thought he was going to be in the Breeders' Cup and the next big thing. They laid him off till last summer. He ran on my birthday last summer in Monmouth, did no running. Now he's off six months again, and he ran well. Maybe his best days are behind him. If he can find that form, Kevin, I think he's a serious threat in this race. Yeah, so what do you guys think? I mean, I think this is the send. I think Zozo's is, is going to settle. I mean, Corey's not a jockey. I put on a horse that I want to send to the front with Zozo's, right? So I think Forza Dior is going to make things uncomfortable for Run Classic up front, going to press that runner and, you know, and give his best, have that sort of first run on whoever's got the lead. Uh, he ran well. He should, yeah, he should step forward. Um, but I do think he's going to set it up so Zozo's cause has something to, uh, to close into. Not, not close. You know, I think Zozo's going to stalk, but I think he's going to do a lannery run, you know, either on the rail if he doesn't have the horse. But if he's got the horse, he's going to be wide as a motherfucker coming, coming late, you know? Tom Espinosa, my best buddy. It's his play of the day. Uh, Pete and Paul, any quick thoughts? We'll move on about the pace situation. Koss going to send this one, let Zozo sit, like Kevin said. Yeah, not, listening to Ke- – you know, I, I – Listening to all of that, I, I think an eight-five exactor is is going to be, if not ice cold, very chilly for me. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Sorry, Howard. No disrespect to you, uh, seven, but he's going to get gobbled up like he did last time. He might. He might. This is a soft pick for me, to be very honest. But I just think his back numbers are so damn good, and he's sort of the fresh face in this field to some extent. Uh, well, actually, he's not the fresh face, but. He's facing Zozo for the first time. Uh, Guys, let's move on to the last race. The last race um, is, I guess, the big one. I guess it's Lecomte. Let me go ahead and switch some screens here, change some banners. It's race 14. Boy, Kevin, you had a long day. You had a long day Saturday. 14 races. Yikes. Uh, It's a grade three. It's, of course, on the road to the Kentucky Derby. Three-year-olds, 200K, mile the 16th. You see the field there. A pretty lukewarm favor, the number seven, instant coffee for Cox and Saez. Kevin, you're going to go with the four. Confidence game. This is a horse that we got, we talked about last week, guys, Pete and Paul, because um, he is the horse that beats uh, Shopper's Revenge in that race. So, again, this is the great thing about this show, Kevin. We talk about horses on week to week, which gives our handicappers uh, at home a great advantage. What do you like about confidence game? Yeah. Can you guys still hear me? I see my screen freezing up here. Um, Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. So uh, definitely just really step forward in that last race. And he showed a lot of uh, speed, you know, taking him wire to wire, but um, he, he looked great. And uh, the barn's really high on him. They just know he's going to be, he's going to be a runner in this one. And they think he's, he's, he's a derby contender. Um, I'm just trying to find a price. This is actually the race. I have the least clear Oh, he just went off. I guess you could say Kevin has the least confidence, but then he's picking <laughs> confidence game. So um, I'm sure we'll get Kevin back on in a second. Guys, I'm actually very much against this horse. And one of the reasons why I'm against this horse, I was wrong, guys. Confidence game didn't face Chopper's Revenge. Sorry. Confidence game fought, um, faced Rocket. Was it Rocket Can Do? Was that the uh, Rocket Can, who Rocket was horrible can. last weekend? So that's an angle. Apologize for the misstep there. That's an angle, PY. Don't like this horse, actually. Yeah, I didn't. There, there wasn't, there, there wasn't a ton that I liked. I mean, I, I think I, I don't think it's the greatest of fields, so it wouldn't shock me if anyone won. But no, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't like who this one was going up against in most of the races, and I thought the last one just got the lead and, and held on. And I think there's enough other speed in here 
where I don't think that's, I mean, we always say that, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think there's, there's other speed in here that won't make it that easy, even though the fractions weren't super slow or anything, but I just think he won't, he won't have his way in this field, especially with the one down at the rail. Yeah. So Kevin behind your back, we were telling him on how bad a pick you, (laughs) I'm just kidding. We weren't doing (laughs) that, but there is other. Race I have the least clear like thoughts about, you know, I really have very little confidence in the confidence game. So I'm looking for a price. What do you guys not like about him? So I'm just, I'm trying to get more thoughts about this. What we mentioned is last time he beat a horse called rocket can rocket can was horrible last weekend at Oakland. So that was one thing we didn't like Kevin. And then we also weren't sure about the pace situation. There might be other speed in this race. We're just giving you a hard time. This horse horse could win, but Pete Pete didn't like some of the horses that he's faced. Um, Kevin, you're going in and out again. I'm just going to take Kevin off. You're good. Sorry, Kevin. Let's go to your second choice, Kevin. You've got the eight. You know, here's what we'll do, Kevin. We'll go through your choices. We'll get you your pick five, and then we'll get you out of here because of the tech issues. Two fills is fascinating. None of us have him, but this Larry Valley trained horse is in great form. Just won the street sense in the, in the slop. If the pace gets hot, why not? Kevin, can you hear me? Oh, he looks frozen because he hasn't he looks, moved in about frozen. 10 seconds. I was going to say, nobody's that focused. Look at him. Look at no, that. Look at that steely glare there he's got going. We'll, we'll, we'll see if we can get Kevin back on. Um, guys, let's go to your picks real quick. Um, let's go to you, Pete. You've got the seven. The seven is instant coffee. This is the morning line favorite. Um, I have the seven second. Pete's, uh, let's see who else. Paul's got the seven third uh, coming off a win in, in Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, th- I feel like this one also, this is one that people talk about as as potentially having having a decent future and, and some say in the in the derby pools and such. And on the on the track, he hasn't done much wrong. I mean, even the race two back, I mean, he was way too far back and felt like he lost to anybody bad. You know, you lose to Forte <laughs> and Loggins. So um We've got a new name. Sorry, Pete. That's why I'm laughing. Oh, I see that. Apparently Kevin Kilroy is not here anymore, but we've got bad internet guy is here. So thank (laughs) you, bad internet guy. Oh, that's all right. Instant coffee. Keep on talking to me about because it seems like he's a runner. That was, that was my thought was, it seems like people are, people have some confidence in this one coming back. And, and I figure this field didn't come up super deep. So if this, if he's going to do it, he should do it starting here. And this should hopefully move him forward for the rest of the, the Derby prep races. Yeah. I beat Curly Jack. Paul, I was, I, now this is my top choice guys. If I've tap it's conquest is out. I have to say, I am not real confident. I sort of agree with you. Um, Kevin, I don't, this is a weird race. I don't, yeah. the, the horse that looked best on paper, I didn't love, which is why I like to tap its conquest as a top choice. But now, according to you, we might not get that. So there is other speed. I thought that was a bit of a weak race and it was a slow fig. I, I He hasn't improved. I don't know, but he's my top choice. So Paul, help us out here because we're all confused. You've got well, Howard, I'm, I'm, with I'm with you, Howard. I had tap its conquest yeah. on top. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And for all those reasons, it isn't the strongest race. I think he can be tactical. It's Cox and Giroux. Um, you know, it's the it's the type of running of this race that, yeah, maybe a horse can come off a maiden and win. Um, you know, I, I keep wanting to pick Echo again. <laughs> I had to talk myself out of picking him. Yeah. And, you know, all logic said, you know, he, he gave it up last time and, I don't know. I just keep wanting uh, to to pick this horse. I I did pick him second, um, but I will tell you something about Instant Coffee in that race. I I don't think it was a great race, but if you watch that race, 
as I'm sure you did, Howard. Yeah. A horse that ran off the board in that race named Red Route One had maybe the worst trip in the history of racing. Yeah. He was in trouble at all times, including on the far turn, early stretch, late stretch, and he hasn't run back yet. So uh, I, I will I will hopefully benefit from watching that race. Uh, he could be really good, as Kevin says. You know, they like him. You know, both the Oros is his offspring and doing well. Um, you know, Al Gold kind of has the magic touch, Cox. I don't know. I, 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 I think he's going to be the favorite, and as the favorite, I want to beat him. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Bittersweet yeah. said Itso. Do you know about this? Is this true, uh, Kevin? Itso's is going to run at Turfway, according to Bittersweet. That's right. He's going to, he's going to run in the Leonidas. Um, a okay. couple. Yeah, oh, there's, well. there's a couple other ones I can tell you guys at the end that aren't going to run that, that might help just narrow down some things. Uh, in our pick five? Or no. Elsewhere? Earlier. Oh. Oh, early. Okay. So Itso's is out. That. That changes my opinion a little bit, Paul, on Echo again, because I thought this was one of the main speeds. Now Echo again might get loose. There is another stretch out horse, Bromley, for the same combination. So I'm assuming yeah. maybe, but Bromley looks maybe more stocky. I don't know. Echo again, I didn't know what to do with Paul. I got to be honest. I agree with you. He just doesn't look like he wants the distance. I felt that way after his maiden race and was completely against him, the Iroquois. The, the two, um, Kevin, is my sort of wise guy horse in this race, Dennington. Um, it looks like he's improving, gets blinks on for McPeak, a gun runner. Uh, he's got great wet Tomlinson numbers, ran well in the slop if it's wet. This is my price play, Kevin. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I've just, just looked over the third graphs like, oh, well, I've been on the show just because they hadn't been out. He got an eight that last time. And you know, we're looking at sevens and eights for the top figures from these runners. So, he uh, go, took right? a nice step forward, you know, not, nothing too big, but uh, he could step forward. And I'm kind of sleeping on this guy. Definitely with that many runs, it makes me kind of question a little bit that he can, can go forward again. But just seeing that that little step forward, maybe maybe he can. Blinkers on could also could be another reason for, for improvement there. Um, yeah, but two fills. I mean, you guys got to love Larry Valley. I mean, Howard, you got to love him, right? Becoming the, the, he's never had a derby um, horse before. Uh, he's, be he's not a two-turn guy. I mean, I love him in general. No, he's a great he's trainer, not. and he yeah. wins a lot of sprints. He's not a two-turn guy, so maybe I should love him more, Kevin, because he's doing well. I just – I don't – I didn't like that last field, to be honest. And slop numbers, I'm always a little bit uh, wishy-washy with, no pun intended, but it might be sloppy again. So I don't have a yeah. good feel for this race, Kevin. I got to say, I just don't. If it's sloppy, it's going to be good for him. Two back, Jareth came back to Larry and he said, um, you know, this horse is going to just move forward because of this race. Because he had a tough trip in that, in that one two back and he learned a shit ton. And he did, you know, of course, maybe it was just the slop, but he, he moved sure. forward there. So when you can see little like learning moments, you know, that these, these, these horses are having and they respond to adversity. Sometimes horses like, oh, racing sucks. I don't want to do that again. That was horrible, right? And they don't come back and run. But when they come back and they run and they show a little bit more, I think that's a really, really good sign. So two fills, I think, is a legit one that, uh, that should be used. Seeing him in the paddock, he's super curious, not skittish at all, very interested in everything that's going on. He seems like a really smart horse. Okay. Uh, Kevin, let's talk about your pick five and we'll let you go. I know you had a lawn day. And then we have one question from a viewer that we got to ask you about. Uh, Kevin's yeah. pick five, one, four, six, with two, three, five, ten, eleven, with five, with two, five, eight, nine, with four, seven, eight. You are singling Echo again. It's a $90, or sorry, singling uh, Chop Chop, excuse me, singling Chop Chop. It's a $90 ticket. Yeah, singling Chop Chop, hoping to get some value in that first leg. It's, it's, you know, it's a deep leg. Um, the one scares me a little bit in terms of probably going to be on a lot of tickets. 
Um, but definitely can't fade those runners. Um, and that next leg, right. I'm just thinking through it all. Oh, that's the one with, you know, it's, it's just so hard to tell, right. There's not going to be that many runners in it, but those are the ones that I'm interested in dirt or turf two, three, five, 10, 11. So it'll be less than that there, but I feel really confident about four, seven or eight and two, five, eight, eight, nine. I feel like these are where the runners are going to come from, uh, specifically the Louisiana stakes. I think that's the one where I have the clearest picture there. So, um, and I don't have the five, sorry, and tap his conquest on there just because I'm thinking that he'll be in the allowance. But if he does run in the in the LeCompte, I think that's a big signal of confidence from 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 Brad. Um, you know, he, I, I don't I think Tappet Shoes is a good horse, but he keeps on saying it's it's a half to Cyberknife. He's a slow developer. He's not quite there mentally. He still needs to figure some things out. So I don't think it's Tappet Shoes time yet. Just like we saw Cyberknife continue to step forward. It's an interesting sequence because the field sizes aren't huge, but then there aren't any real obvious singles either. So it's one of those pick fives, Kevin, that you get like two to one, three to one, seven to two, three to one five to two and still pay four or 500 bucks. Right. So it's going to be interesting. The question, Kevin is from C money, your favorite sticks album, Kevin. Kilroy was here. Obviously. Come on. Don't make regatto. Easy. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> there we go. Kevin, Kevin man, cool we really hat, appreciate you being on the show, especially with the uh, two year. There you go. Especially with the two year anniversary tonight. I hope again, I've said this before. I hope to meet you. I'm sure I will meet you in person at, at some point, whether it be in the Chicago area or otherwise, you you do a great job at the fairgrounds. Any final thoughts for the betters and viewers for Saturday? Guys, you got to come down to, to New Orleans. You got to come to fairgrounds. Yeah, I mean, not I for the racing, for Definitely. the city, you know? I mean, we, we'd love to have you down and, and show you the best time that we can. Um, and I, hopefully I hear the food's pretty places. good down there, from what I understand. <laughs> food's great. If you like music, you know, that's, that's, that's my thing. So we'll, we'll hear some great music and um yeah hopefully these races keep on sort of uh percolating escalating like we saw last year there was a star when we had you know zandon down there and happy saber and all that sort of good stuff so it could be a good reason to come for one of those big weekends but um uh yeah you know hopefully we see these these runners come out and do well and yeah i, I guess zozos maybe i should put him back on top you guys talked me into him <laughs> Zozos seems like <laughs> he, he seems like a real runner doesn't he yeah yeah he guys thanks for having me on i feel real honored to be part of the uh, the two-year anniversary and uh Thanks for doing what you do. I mean, I know it's just so hard to, to keep your head in the horses and it's, it's a fight all the time with, with jobs and families and all that sort of stuff. So doing what you do is, is the best. So thank you. And uh, thanks to all the viewers tuning in. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Have Kevin. a great broadcast thanks, this Kevin. weekend. Take care. Good luck. Take care, Kevin. See you guys. All right. Kevin Kilroy. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Really appreciate it. Sorry about the internet issues there, guys. Let's go to our pick fives. We're going to go to Pete first. Pete's pick five, one, two, eight, with four, 10, 11. With four seven, with two five eight, with three five seven, an eighty-one dollar ticket. And we all know we need to preface this by saying two things for everyone. Number one, we don't know if the second leg is gonna be on turf or not. And then number two, we don't know where Tappet's conquest is going. So Pete, we need to be flexible with these tickets, obviously. Yeah, that was I was thinking about it as you guys were talking. I would probably if Tappet's conquest, the five and the last leg scratched, then for the base for just for the sake of this ticket, I would probably just add chop chop. I didn't have chop chop in here for I, oh, I would have chop chop on, obviously, and maybe would even reverse that since he's going to be the chalk and I would use that as my, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens come Saturday. But for me, it was mostly, yeah, the second leg is tough. Cause again, those picks there are fully, if it's on the dirt. So I saw someone mention in the, in the chat earlier that maybe depending on what happens, we should maybe resend our tickets out 
in, in yeah. some fashion, maybe over Twitter or something late yeah. if it if it does change and if there are some scratches. But yeah, I mean, I, I like the I like the the I like riding the three horses in the Louisiana. I really like those. I think the winner's definitely coming out of those. The first leg is one that I just wasn't confident with, but Hey, I got four horses, three on the ticket, four total. I'll take my shot there. See if we can ride our way through. Yeah. I I like your ticket uh, quite a bit, Pete. And I think it's got a a big chance to win. Paul, let's go to uh, your ticket. If I can find it, there it is. Paul's ticket one, three, five, eight with two, 10 with five, seven with two, five, eight with one, five, 78 96 bucks. Talk about your construction here, uh, Paul. Yeah, using some money. I like it. Well, do you want to talk about it's under budget since since I always get harangued when I'm over budget, Pete? Paul's ticket is under budget, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Paul, every time I do a ticket now, it comes out at 108 and I have to chop one horse. No, you don't. You don't have to chop. I know I don't, but I, I, you know, I, it makes me do it because I, I just feel like I should. And I chopped the five in leg one. So if any, the guaranteed winner is the five in leg one, because that was the last horse I chopped. Well, it's funny you mentioned that, Pete, because I also chopped a horse in leg one. And it was, it was the uh, seven. I had one, three, five, seven, eight. So, yeah, I think the first leg is a spread race. Uh, You know, on those are my dirt picks on turf. As I said, the three, will probably the three will definitely be my top pick and maybe my lone a uh and and you know you got to assume that if it goes to dirt that there's a good chance the also eligibles are going to get in that's right matt miller said pete you play it 108 send matt the bill for 54 send and the in. trf's got a benefit um and then in the um in the twelfth, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on chop chop, but I do like you guys mentioned late in the conversation that Forest Chimes. I have Forest Chimes as an A there. Uh, I I think on an A B C and a, you know on a caveman, I I might try to lean on uh, the five as a single. Although on this ticket, you'll see I do have both of them, but I am gonna use Forest Chimes as an A. I think. Forest Chimes has a big shot there. And Kevin mentioned Barkley. You know, whenever a trainer who very rarely wins first time out has a horse win. You can assume that horse is pretty good. And and that uh, explains the 13 to one, uh, as he said. Uh, and then we go to the next race, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on uh, uh, Zozo. So we talked about and happy American. And I am using uh, the two that you like how would uh, run classic. And, you know, in the last race, uh, I can't get away from echo again. I, I like Tappet's Park. I'll tell you, Howard, if Tappet's Conquest and the eight, I mean, and uh, the six, Itzos are both out, I'm going to be sucked right back into Echo again, I can tell you, (laughs) because now I can justify it that the pace scenario is going to be beneficial to I will be sucked in like no tomorrow. He'll be seven to two instead of six to one, and I'll curse myself after the race. But it it is, you know, Tyler versus Ricardo, and Ricardo's a very good jockey, but. Going two turns in a route, you know, I I'd much rather have Tyler. So, but I, I do like the five. But if he's out, yeah, I'm 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 in on the uh, one. And, and as you can see, I went four deep on this ticket anyway, uh, just to try to get some coverage in the end. 
you know, Paul, if there's scratches in that last race, it almost makes me want to look at that stretch out sprinter number three, who will be sitting in theory off of the one. What yep. if the woman's to get the distance? He gets first run, Pete. I don't know. Stranger stuff has happened. I might use the three if there are scratches. I mean, I had the three as an A. I'm with, I mean, I like the oh, three really? even with everyone wow. in. Okay. Yeah. So really? I, 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 okay. I thought that one because Lobo's. Paul, are we Lobo's boring you? I'm good. sorry, Paul. Are we boring no. you, sir? No. Class, class is not over, sir. Class <laughs> is not over yet. My my game last night was 7:30 p.m. start in Biddeford, Maine. So, uh. <laughs> I, Paul, you know we love you. We're just kidding. All right, guys. Here's the age-old question to end the show: Did Howard single, and who did he single in the pick five? Well, I think he always singles, just so we can answer this question in the affirmative. <laughs> Um, so I always answer yes. Okay. He doesn't like chop chop. Could have, you didn't like, I, I would have said you might've taken a stand with run, uh, run classic, but you said that you didn't have a strong feel for that race. So it wasn't run classic. I don't think anybody, it wouldn't have been the 11th. Cause you're not sure if it's turf or dirt. Which takes us to the twelfth. You tried to beat Chop Chop with the alleys look. Uh, this time, Pete is correct. I can't single anyone here, guys. I just I don't I don't have confidence with. It. I'm going three four eight with ten eleven again, assuming that race is on dirt. With four five seven, with two five seven eight. With five seven, although the last race I would change. Jeez, I don't, man, I don't know what I would do in the last race. I I don't know if I can go too deep in the last race. I would have to alter my ticket. No love at all. No love out there for Forza Euro except me. So Tom Espinoza, you and I like the seven in race thirteen. I think he's got a big shot, guys. <laughs> obviously, this ticket is malleable. It's changeable. We have to see, you know, what happens. Um, let me bring up the, the closing banner here as we end the show, guys, again, it's been two years from today. I just, I just can't believe it. The show has changed tremendously all for the good and leaps and bounds again, Pete and Paul have been a big part of it. And I really appreciate that. Uh, please again, comment down below the video player. Once it goes on to YouTube, which will be in the next half an hour here, uh, your favorite memory from the show, the first two years, your favorite bet. Your, you know, anything, any likes, sure, dislikes too, why not? We really appreciate everyone, whether, again, you've been watching from the very beginning or recent uh, viewers. Pete and Paul, I'll let you guys have the last word on our two-year anniversary. Any thoughts about Saturday or anything else in your life you'd like to share? Good, Pete. Uh, I'm just going to say thanks to thanks for all the to viewers and watchers and listeners and everyone as well, because if they didn't come, we probably wouldn't be doing this at this point. So thanks for Howard for, for having me and Paul join in all seriousness, but then thanks to them because otherwise it would just be three idiots talking to themselves on the internet instead of talking to our great fans who are so, you know, who are so interactive too, which makes it better. So, you know, there's always good conversation and they're, and they've been with us the whole time. So that's great as well. Yeah, I would echo that. I, you know, again, we, we all love this game and we, we're involved in different ways. And, you know, I, I, I get a chance to, to write a lot about it and, uh, you know, spend some time up close. But 
it's it's just as fun sitting at home and and trying to hit this pick five on Saturday. Although I won't be sitting at home, I'll be refereeing two games. But uh, it's just as fun. Uh, you know, it, it's a great exercise weekly because it forces us to to handicap a sequence sometimes that we might not have handicapped. And uh, yeah, uh, you, you know, it, it, look at the names every week. You know, the Tom and Christine, of course, is my favorite, and uh, Jim Palaz and and uh, uh, Trish Smith and Ralph Conti. I see there. So, uh, yeah, we, we appreciate it, and uh, we love doing it, and we'll keep doing it. Absolutely. And I'll close by saying next week, guys, is Pegasus Week, and we have a huge shows going on here on the podcast. We got a show Monday to talk about the Eclipse Awards, which happen Thursday night. Tuesday and Wednesday, we'll be covering Like a Glove, all the stake races. There are six graded stakes on Pegasus Day, a week from Saturday. Uh, Tuesday, we're going to cover four of them. Wednesday, we're going to cover two of them. We are not going to be on next Thursday to show difference to deference, excuse me, to the Eclipse Awards. So we will not be on Thursday. We're going to be on a little bit earlier Wednesday, right before Betton and Boozen. For my wonderful co-hosts, Pete Visco and Paul Halloran, this has been your host, Howard Kravitz, episode 221, the two-year anniversary. We will show our new montage to begin and end the HHH Racing Podcast. Have a terrific night. Good luck with your bets at the fairgrounds this Saturday. Take care, everyone. Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. 